Hi, this is Robert Reese, and welcome to the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show with my co-host, Joe Brusuelis, Chief Economist of RSM. We interview top middle market CEOs so you could gain insights onto how to grow your own business and become a transformative CEO. Hello, America. Robert Reese, Joe Brusuelis on the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show, and we're here today with Jack Mitchell. How are you, Jack? I feel great, Robert. I feel absolutely great. And thanks for being here. Before we start, Joe, could you give a definition of what the middle market is? Sure. There are 200,000 firms with revenues between $10 million and $2 billion. They account for 40% of overall GDP, and they employ one out of every three people in the United States. So let's talk about Mitchell's. Just had your 60th year, and it is known as the top end of retail. You serve, I think, 500 of the top CEOs, your personal customers. At least. At least. <laughs> And, um, and you were called one of the top 10 visionaries in retail of your time and a standard case study at Harvard School. What is different about Mitchell's and any other store that you know? Well, before I do that, Robert, I just want to again say I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled to be with you both. And I always put my tape on because I want you to know that I try to walk the walk. And, and although I have written three books about our family business and yet it's 60 years old, and yes, we have our case study at Harvard, but everything I say will say is authentic and, and I believe in integrity. So everything I have to say is really for sure. And you, if you come in Richards on Saturday uh, or Mitchell's or wherever I am, um, you'll see me on the selling floor with my tape. So, okay. so what's different about our store? We are focused and we, we, really, we really focus and anticipate that the customer is the absolute center of the universe. We're, we're really about personalizing customer service. It started with my mom and dad at 800 square feet in Westport, Connecticut 60 years ago. Today that store is 27,000 square feet in a town of only 24,000 people. And yes, we're a middle market company. Uh, we now have grown um, through three generations. My mom and dad, they gifted us the business. My brother and I took the business over in the late 70s. We grew the business dramatically. And then our sons came in. We have four sons, my brother has three. And with six of those seven are in, along with my wife, Linda, we're moving to the fourth generation. But we're all about getting to know each and every customer. Is it Joe or Joseph or Robert or Bob? Uh, are they the CEO? Are they an entry-level millennial that's coming in? Maybe a son or a grandson? A Mets or Yankees fan? They always or, know what sports <laughs> they want? Absolutely. I mean, if we, exactly. God forbid they should root for the Red Sox, right? But the Red Sox won that World Series. So we know that. I mean, when we acquired Wilkes-Bassford, our great stores in San Francisco and Palo Alto, I remember that Jeff Wilpon was kind enough to sell me 10 tickets. <laughs> so I gave those tickets to, of course, our new, new associates that work with us so diligently in San Francisco, and, and, they, and they did the, be the best thing. This is how focused we are on, on our internal customers. They put, the, they put all their cards in a hat, and they picked up, and they had a tailor, we had a buyer, we had a sales associate. We even had a customer that threw his pat, and they took them to the World Series. So yes, the, the, you know, we, have, we have the Will Ponds, and we have, the, you know, we have Brian Cashman. He doesn't mind me sharing that he's, we're very strict on privacy. That's the Yankees from around. Jeff, general manager. Yankees general manager, that's General right. manager. Yeah. So we know their names. We're very, so we have four basic values. We're all about customer center of the universe. They build loyal relationships forever, for life. These customers become friends. And then we're very data-driven. We know every single sale to every single customer by SKU, SKU. I always like to kid and say, we skew our customers. 
we don't screw them. <laughs> and because <laughs> we're very focused on the data. You know, do they like Xenia? Do they like Canali? Do they like, do they not wear any ties? Do they like knit ties? We, we, we know all that data, and that helps us to find out what the customer wants. And then, of course, we're always striving to be better. We're excellent. So we really are always listening and learning. I've already learned some things from your colleagues here at this great out, out, outing, and I expect to learn more tonight and yes. so forth as we grow. We're having, Joe, a, big, Joe, we're having a big party we tonight. We are at <laughs> C we're at the RSM Classic in Sea Island, Georgia. We're going to a party tonight at uh, All Time Golf Pro, one of the greats, Davis Love's house. So we are in for a treat. Now, now Jack? You throw yes, so much on the table for us. I think that we can just talk for a number of hours. But I, I want to I want to talk about one thing here. So, all full disclosure, I'm a customer. I have been we for appreciate 20 that years. Very much. Uh, I patronize the store in Greenwich, which I, I just adore. Um, you know, 10 years ago, we had a near catastrophe in the economy. I mean, things changed. Um, business hasn't been the same anywhere since. So let's talk clothing. Has anything changed? Has everything changed? You tell us. Because I remember going in to see you during the crisis, and you were your effervescent, upbeat self, even though there wasn't a lot of people in the store. Well, there weren't as many people in the yeah. store, that was for sure. No, we, we learned a lot during the recession, but we had prepared for it from a financial point of view. We learned in 89, 91 recession that cash was king. There's okay. only one thing in our culture that we changed, and that was it. So we, we really have a whole program of how much we, we return, return earnings and so forth. We have no debt, and we didn't have any debt. In fact, we had cash available for in a rainy day fund. We used to call it a sunny day fund, but that rainy day fund, and you know Warren Buffett, who is on the cover of my Hug Your Customer book, he, he says sometimes during the worst of times, you can do the best of times. And it was then that everybody worked together as a team. We, we did have to reduce salaries a, a bit, and, and everybody, there was no bonuses for a while. But by, by the middle of the summer of, of, of 2009, we were able to write the ship, and we, we leveled off, and we were beginning to be profitable again, and we then ended up buying, out of bankruptcy, these two great stores in California, in San Francisco and Palo Alto, Oaks Bashford. So we used that as an opportunity in 08 and 09 to really dramatically have an opportunity to grow the business, and we had an option to buy the building, Eventually, two years later, when we were able to demonstrate that we could bring the customers back in because they hadn't paid their bills in a long time, and the customers weren't going to buy old merchandise, um, they, they, you know, we bought the building. But yes, we're not selling as many suits as we used to sell. But still, the dress code for in many financial institutions, we all know that. And, and, our, and our wonderful friends and customers in Silicon Valley, I always liked to kid, you don't go to, they're learning they don't go to the White House in a hoodie, yeah. right? So we have actually the, one of the world's records in our Keton, which is like saying Lamborghini, trunk shows. It's one of the finest made you know, in mm -hmm. Italy. And, and, but these wonderful you know, Silicon Valley leaders, some of them didn't really know what cashmere is or where it comes from. So you educate them. And when I was out there, you know, I would send them books on cashmere. I would send them books on how, why a suit could possibly be you know, five, $6,000 or more even. But once they got it, once they understood that cashmere and they put it on and their, and their, their spouse or their significant other would say, what, you know, you look great, they would say, well, how many colors? <laughs> <laughs> so I always say that, that, that it's about getting to know the customer, though. You know, do they, do they, you know, Steve Jobs did a wonderful thing. He put in his book that he shopped with us before 
we bought the business at Wilkes-Bashford and then after we bought the Wilkes-Bashford. So it's absolutely, you know, he did us a big favor in Silicon Valley. But so but in, the, your, um, in your opening comment, you mentioned data analytics. Yes. This is a real challenge for middle market companies. Many of them shy away from it, even though it's clearly the path you want to go down. Has to be. Tell us about that. Well, it, you know, when I came in the family business in 1969, my dad said, you can't even do a cash flow projection. You know, really? Right. 1969, no cash flow projection. Right. Can okay. you imagine that? And, no. I and I found out by just doing a simple one that somebody was stealing in the business, and then I was mm -hmm. a hero. I became the financial, and I brought in a computer, and we just, I sat down with a systems engineer three or four years later, and we just, he, she said, you know, absolutely, just tell us what, what you want, and I told her what we wanted, and we've always had a very, very simple but very sophisticated database, and we can slice and dice that database however we want. Now, and guess what? We have fun. We now, really have a lot of fun. One and a half minutes before break, the word hugs. You really invented this. Give a snapshot of what hugs means. A hug is a metaphor. Making many sure everybody understands that, especially in today's environment. Hug is any actor deed that says, wow. These folks at Mitchell's, Richard's, Wilkes-Bashford, Mario's in Seattle, they, they, they really care about me as a real person. It's doing the extra little things, going that extra mile. I like to say one for good measure. Do they like Pepsi or Coke? Or they, uh, do they like white wine or red wine? Or are they recovering alcoholics? And therefore you know that and you're not gonna send them a bottle of wine for Christmas or Hanukkah. You're gonna send them whatever else it is. So you get to know each and every customer. It's, that's a hug. I write a hug of the week story. This is a takeaway that I thought about actually, for, for, our, for your guests that, that will be listening to us. You know, I, every Sunday I write a, I pick up a story that's happened in the stores. You know, I mean, you know, like opening a store, keeping open to the store until 6 or 7.30 at night, you know, or opening on a Sunday or delivering. We had, we had a, one of the top hedge fund children mills in the world. He, he was flying in his, in his plane to go for a vacation in Wyoming and he got his call, we got a call from him saying he had to be in Los Angeles for a big CNBC um, interview the next morning and he didn't have a suit. And what did we do? We, we, we tried everybody to, to, in Los Angeles and Xenia and so forth, it's a 42 long, we have his measurements. All of a sudden my son, goodness, we probably have one at Wilkes-Bashford in San Francisco, which we did. Did the whole suit up, put the right shoes, got the tie, and shirts, had the tailors order it, flew to, our manager flew to Los Angeles, gave it to the concierge so he could be on the, on the show. That's a hug story, but we, those, those things happen every day of the week because it's that passion, that passion to personalize service and to make people feel great, which is our mission. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, Joe is going to ask you a lot of questions. Interesting, your governance system with a family, how intricate it is. Back in a few. Okay, I'm Joe Brusuelos here with Robert Reese on the CEO Transformative Radio Show. All right, Jack, we're going to talk about something very near and dear to your heart. What is that? Middle job? market, family-owned businesses, and governance. Yes. All right. It's probably one of the more <clears throat> difficult subjects to broach, especially when you're working with a family company. Okay, so tell us why is it easy for you, and perhaps not so easy for others. I think it's. Why is it easy for us? It was easy because our parents were, were really nice people without sounding whatever. Mm -hmm. They really loved each other and they loved people and they were all about their friends 
who became customers when they started. The, my parents were 55 years old when they started the business. My dad had ridden that train from Westport, Connecticut to New York for 25 years. So we knew what it was to go up and down the corporate ladder. Anyway, so I think it came from the DNA of our parents. My brother and I took the business over, and we just we continued to do that. And Bill and I had some challenges with our with we have different we look we look alike talk alike but we have different skill sets and different personalities so we we also however one of the commonalities is we always wanted to listen learn and grow and we belong to a networking group of 12 specialty stores throughout the country all family owned independent not competitive same luxury brands and we heard a gentleman by the name of David Bork who at the time was just starting his career as a business family consultant and he talked about the challenges of a family business. We don't have time to tell you all those, but you, everybody knows family businesses that break up because of that arguing and screaming and whatever. He said, you have to, you have to learn to, to do all this. So we retained David, took us two years of nice hugging and loving, my brother and myself, to get the strike. We, we, then, we then formed a, an outside family, um, I'm sorry, outside advisory board, then we formed a, a um, Eventually, we set up the rules of our fam of our. We could see that we had four sons and my brother had three, and someday, um, it was never a doubt we wanted to pass it on, but they might come in the business. So we have two rules: one, they have to work five years, five years after they graduate from college for somebody else, tell them what it is to have a real job and gain experience that they can bring into the business if they were to join it. And the other one is we wouldn't fire, we wouldn't fire um, Robert to put our son Bob in that position. That would send a terrible message to a non-family member who wants to make a career with us, because once we hire somebody, we hire for a career, but not for jobs, in the family too. So all of our sons, all seven sons came in, started in 1990, and then we also have what we call a family council, which is a family council is any, anybody that's a descendant from my mom and dad that's 14 years or older, and their spouses, because we all know when you get married, that you, hopefully your spouse has similar values, but not exactly the same. Somebody might feel entitled. You'd think, you know, if you have a nice, profitable business, you could drive Rolls Royces and, and, um, and, and Lamborghinis. Well, if you want to, you can, but the business isn't gonna pay for that, right? You're not entitled to those things. We felt they were entitled to the equity in the business, and we made a commitment that my brother and I, we have already passed <clears throat> the equity in the business and the real estate we own Westport, Greenwich, and San Francisco buildings to our sons. So you're 60 And my years, wife. You're 60 years in now. It's yes. It's a real incredible accomplishment. Thank you, Joe. Fourth generation. Coming to the fourth. Third, we're moving to the fourth. Tell us about that with respect to governance. Is it changing, or you, did you really lay something down that's sort of been timeless? It's, we, we think it's timeless, but it's like anything, the world's changing, so I'm sure we're always willing to listen, learn, and change when we need to. When our business consultant now is sharing with us, he really feels that we should have a permanent board, a you know a, one that's responsible, not just an advisory board, because they can't fire the they can't fire the CEO. Um, so we 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 need to listen and learn on these changes, but we think it's viable. Our our um, oldest grandson Lyle, 24 years old, um, just moved from a financial institution working for Coach just two weeks ago. You know, he's the chairman of our family council. So he's leading the meetings that we have quarterly of the, all the people in the business. So we think that some of our, these, these next generation, we have seven, my brother has seven, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming in. But 
we're always willing to listen and learn and, and change if it's necessary. But so much of it is, is about being on the floor, being with customers. These cards that I showed you earlier, you know, about, about all our values that we have. Here's Richard's, so we have the same one, says Wilkes-Bashford. But everybody carries around in their, in their handbags or their, on, their, on them. And words do matter, because if you say the words over and over again, it helps execute what you're doing in the business. So you have a 24-year-old heading your family council. Yes. What's a 24-year-old's view on this business? This is very unique, very particular business. You know, as a grandfather and as the former CEO, I'm now the chairman. I've moved from being a chairman mm -hmm. to the CEO, from a CEO to a chairman. I don't ask those questions that way. Because if I did, that would put him on the spot. But to me, the actions in this case stand louder than the words. I mean, he's... He's he's a you know a thought thinker. He's bright. He's they're all all our. You know, I haven't had the Linda and I have the older grandson. All of them. We have four five of those have already graduated from college, so they all have great jobs. So I think we'll get most of those people those those to the next generation, but maybe not. Maybe because one thing you have to make sure is if they have their dreams to be a a um, you know a financier or an economist or, or a TV, radio commentator, that's what they should do. They have to fulfill their own dreams. What do you do, Jack, when there are, when there are fights, when there are disagreements? How do you handle we, that? Remember, we're huggers. We never fight. We, we've learned. You never fight. Never. They're going to hug it out, never. Rob. We, we're consensus-driven. I was a consensus leader. We, have, we learned from David Bork. We learned their skills of how to communicate. You, you both know that, right? How do you have conflict resolution? What kind, when it, what kind of... You know, we've taken so many, we've taken Myers-Briggs, we've taken four or five personality tests so that we know each other's personality. You realize the first time my, I really realized bone deep that my wife was an introverted thinker? My <laughs> wife was Phi Beta Kappa in physics in 1961 from Connecticut College for Women. She's brilliant. But I get my energy by talking, right, and by, by meeting people and, and, and serving them that way. She's perfect for being a buyer, right? Has great taste. Picks, makes, the, makes the buy profitable. So we get to know each other, and we sit around, and if there's a disagreement, we go in the corner, and we talk about how we said, I am really disappointed in you, or um, you know, let's, let's see what we can do tomorrow. We, we have skill sets, just like you learn how to play golf, you have to hit them straight down the fairway most of the time. Okay, you've one minute left. What is the future of Mitchell's? Yeah, I think the future remains very, very bright. I think it remains, you know, as long as we can, like we talked about, as long as we can continue to communicate, we had a family meeting today. We have every Tuesday morning, we have a family meeting. I called in, now I can put Colin on Zoom where they can see me, right, here in Georgia. And nine times out of 10, we have all of the family members for that for, it used to be an hour, now it's a half hour. If we need to, now we then have some of our senior executives that are part of our strategic planning that are non-family members. We have some great non-family people, and I think, you know, we'll see opportunities to come along. We'll see opportunities, and we are we are online. I'd love to have all of your friends that are going to watch this go online and see who we are online. So that business is going to grow. It's no question that the internet is here to stay, and and we were there, but we still believe that if you're having if you're looking at a nice dress or a suit or a sport coat or whatever, you need a little bit of feeling and you need a person that can give you a wonderful hugging experience 
when you come through the door and welcome them, just like you would in a home. On that note, great having you as a guest thank on you, the Middle Market thank Transformative you, CEO you, Show. Thank you, Joe, Jack. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. Hope you gained valuable insights to grow your business. To listen to commercial-free podcasts of this and other CEO interviews, go to www.rsmus.com. Thank you.